We're the first paranormal investigation show ever to set foot on this property. I just saw a shadow move. Like right there, something went. What was that? Did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! I'm Rachel. I'm Austin. I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor. And we're the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 49. This week we are joined by media personality, producer, creator, reporter, and host Jack Osborne. Jack talks to us about his absolutely terrifying paranormal investigation show on the Travel Channel, Portals to Hell. You'll hear stories about some of the creepiest things they experience in some of the world's most haunted and unexplored places, including one where some followed him home. Learn the tools of the trade. Does this show once and for all prove that entities exist? Also hear about Jack's plan to make an original horror film. Turn the lights out for this one. I'm not lying right now. We're picking up some kind of entity in the room. Yeah, it's in the chair. Hey, it's Jack Osborne. Grab your holy water and your crucifix. You are about to plummet headfirst into the portal to hell, known as another episode of the Boo Crew. There are a couple of demonic spirits right back in here. And so we're going to see if we can get him to come out and play. We're not leaving until we get an answer from you. Some of the craziest stuff I've ever experienced. Are you here because someone did a ceremony here? Is something here with us right now? Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is an immensely popular media personality, podcaster, producer, creator, filmmaker, reporter, and host. You likely first saw him starring on MTV's revolutionary reality show, The Osbournes. It ran for four seasons. An anchor for Fuse News starred in ITV2's Adrenaline Junkie and Sci-Fi's paranormal show, Haunted Highway. He produced a documentary about his father called God bless Ozzy Osbourne for Showtime. He has since continued to provide his visionary talent as well as keen eye for entertainment and unabashed storytelling unique to the medium with his own company. Shows like Nat Geo's Surviving the Apocalypse and Alpha Dogs, development projects for the biggest networks in the world. Most recently launching Osborne Media, the incredibly popular TV series Ozzy and Jack World Tour for AE, and now an absolutely terrifying excursion into the darkest and unexplored regions of the underworld. Alongside his friend, paranormal investigator Katrina Weidman, new episode Fridays at 10 9 Central on the Travel Channel Portals to Hell. We are honored to welcome Mr. Jack Osborne. Yeah. Wow. That's quite the read. I'm like, <laughs> just thinking of myself as some jerk off from TV. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, man. We love the show. No worries. Before we start, though, I have to come back here with Katrina. Oh, for oh my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Katrina will like lose her mind okay, coming you, into this You gotta place. bring your tools up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, please bring all your gear. Yeah. We will come do just a, a little impromptu investigation. Because we're, we're not gonna tell you what, but there is one haunted object here. Apparently. Really? Apparently. Apparently. Air quote, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> At least one. So before we get into the really scary stuff, uh-huh. are you a horror fan and what is your first memory of being impacted by the genre? Okay, so I am a horror fan. 
I tend to get really freaked out though. With like, not, we were just talking because you have a yeah. piece from Hereditary, and I was like, no, I won't watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, is so crazy to me. I know of what you do. I know, but that's kind of why I don't want to watch it because I already get freaked out enough as it is. And next right. thing you know, I've got like an image of some lady soaring her head off as I'm like traipsing <laughs> through an abandoned hospital. And it's just I'm like, no. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> My favorite kind of genre of horror is like sci-fi horror. Like the Alien movies were like all. Always my favorite. I loved Jaws growing up, if you kind of classify that as horror, which yeah. I don't yeah. know if you kind of would. But I think the first time it re- like I did a backflip over the couch was my dad put The Thing on for me when I was like oh. seven. Oh, wow. And That's a great one. like I lost my, I nice. was like, what? I just freaked out. I was like, his chest opened up and it ate his head. Like, oh, why is his head got spider legs? All, all practical effects too. Yeah, all yeah, all yeah. practical, exactly, which makes it so that much better. That movie holds yeah, up, man. It, it still it holds up. Totally. Yeah. And I didn't hate the sequel or the prequel that they made. That was I, all right, huh? Yeah, I was like, all right. I mean, I kind of dug it ish, but yeah, I didn't mind it. <laughs> well, when did you first become interested in the real stuff, the paranormal? I kind of grew up in the era of X Files when it was like booming, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. and I was just obsessed with that show. And, you know, being like an 11 year old kid at the time, I'm like, oh, I would have been an X Files investigator. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> came to realize that it's not a real thing. Um, so, but growing like I was massively into conspiracy theories and UFOs and you know and hauntings and paranormal stuff and you know I'd kind of had some experiences in the house that we grew up in and it just like through my teenage years me and friends would just kind of sneak off and go check out old houses and you know just do what teenagers do and just get into trouble so it was more for me like and it's kind of funny like having now done this is my third paranormal investigation show i get a lot of flack because people are like well dude like what do you do bro like how are you an expert and it's like dude how is anyone an expert like i'm sorry unless you've got like majestic clearance in the cia like dude like we're all just out here because we're interested and it's a hobby and we have fun in the process checking some cool shit out and so i kind of i very much fall into the category of a enthusiast you know and i've just been really fortunate enough to kind of land in places where i get to make cool tv shows about it cool it sounds like you're doing it for like the right reasons trying to you know that's awesome taking us straight from that to hell yeah (laughs) like you said you've done paranormal shows before what made you decide to do it with this huge demonic flair and go to the darkest like not only spooky places the darkest places out there the original concept for portals to hell it's so funny because like when you work in tv like the idea that you pitch versus the idea that they buy and then what actually makes it to air it's so different i mean The original concept that we pitched was a show where people go explore caverns under the ground, like portals. Do you know how there's like, oh, that's the hellhole of Nebraska or whatever? Like, that was the, it was like, it was basically spelunking with a paranormal twist. Yeah. Like, that that was like our original concept. And like, we have a great relationship with the folks at Travel and and Matt Butler, who's our exec over there. We're pitching. He's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But like, I mean, let's, let's play with that see where this you know we just you know sat around right. spitballed and they're like well what about going to like places that people think are portals to hell and as it just evolved 
I was never even going to be in it. I was because we were just producing it. And he's like, and Jack, and yeah, you know, you should do this. And I'm like, really? And I was like, there's so many better people. And he's like, no, come on, do it. And I was like, all right, Matt, fine. How did you get paired up with Katrina? We were friends on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> the network, when they greenlit the show, they sent over a list of like, hey, here's who we think you should partner up with. And her name was like right on the list. And I'm like, hey, she's my Facebook friend. And so like I hit her up and. I was like, uh, you know, you want to do this? And she she was like, sure, let's do it. Did you have to research like a whole bunch of lists to find the portals? Or how do you, how do you start so, the Okay, so like the that? portals thing is a bit of a, obviously, you know, when you investigate these kind of paranormal locations, you know, everyone, oh, it's some portal to an interdimensional whatever and this and that. Like, a caveat really isn't only portals. The way we like to go about this is, has this place got a volatile uh, paranormal experience? Like, is it really just crazy? And has it ever been investigated? So those are our two things. Like we like to be on virgin territory or places that are just so absolutely insane that like they become things of legend. Like the first episode, for example. Yes. Which does lend itself to being a portal from hell. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Th- then you have the nice little caveat that the bishop has that yeah, I'm, that so, sort of sets you up perfectly. You know, with Bobby Mackey's, that place has such a wide history of these paranormal kind of occurrences. It sounds crazy. And it and the, the crazy thing is though and a lot of these places they have so much legend around it its own history gets lost in these legends. Right, right. And like so much so that when we've been doing a lot of these investigations we're like actually no that that's not true like what you're saying about this place was like oh well you know Beelzebub once rented the apartment here you're like, <laughs> like ah, actually no he didn't this place used to be a chicken farm like even with Bobby Mackey's like we helped kind of do a bunch of crazy historical research and we, we kind of set the record straight on some of the information that place is weird man I would be happy if I never went there again wow. wasn't that the place that would like threatened you yeah when we brought Cindy uh, my friend who's a, a medium she was like yeah this thing doesn't like you and and then we had some weird stuff happen when i came home what does that mean okay so (laughs) now like i'm a believer but i'm not one of those like it's definitely this you know i kind of tend to err on the side of like i like to eliminate all the legitimate possibilities of occurrences we got done filming on a thursday and i flew home on a friday i'm back in la well sunday i'd ended up going to a play date with my kids at a friend's house and my daughter like randomly like hit her head and like split it open like totally random on a swing somehow managed to like fly into a wooden beam and like busted her head open and like had to have like eight stitches whole thing and it was like pretty intense anyway that night i'm at home and katrina texts me and she's like hey uh how's things been since you've been home and i'm like fine like it's kind of like i mean katrina is like the homie but like it's very rare that she does the hey just making sure like things are good at home (laughs) and i was like why what's going on and she said, well, I randomly ended up in hospital today. Oh, my god! And I was like, uh, well, it's funny you say that because I was in hospital today with Andy. She said, yeah, I was just walking in my living room and I like fell and busted my ankle. Oh, my oh. God. And I was like, well, that's creepy. Well, later that night, I got a message on Instagram from a girl that I literally met for 10 minutes on Saturday morning when I like bumped into my buddy and she was with him. She messaged me saying, you know, um, I'm a medium. I don't I don't advertise this very much about myself. But what are you doing for work right now? Because whatever it is you're doing, you've brought something home with you that shouldn't be there. And I was like, uh, what? (laughs) What makes this even weirder is that when I told Katrina on like the Tuesday I had to fly back out, when I told her about my friend reaching out to me, she's like, well, after I texted you, 
I got a text from a friend who's a medium, and these mediums don't know each other, and was like, you brought something home with you. So, Oh, jeez. Wow, so yeah. what do you do? So she, my, my friend who's <laughs> the, the medium came over and did like a smudging of the house okay. and like did a whole thing and yeah, and apparently she was like, no, it's not demonic, but it's like a, it's a male spirit and it's not really, he's just kind of wants to annoy you, kind of more of like a... Uh, Jerk. Yeah, just poltergeisty <laughs> kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah, but I had some weird, like ever since we wrapped, I've had like two thing in addition to that since I've been home. Like the other night, my kid woke up and I went and like laid in bed with her till she fell back asleep. And I was kind of in that like mid sleep phase, just getting into the all right teddy bear night night time. And I heard a female voice go, "Jack," in the room, and there was no adult females in my house other than my three little girls. Wow. And I like sat up and I was like, hello. I thought it was my sister who lives up the street. And I was like, you know, Amy, you here? Like, what's what's going on? Walked around my house. No one was there. And it was not like it was a dream. Like, I heard it clear as like, I am in here with you guys now. Wow. Do you do anything prior to try to like protect yourself before you go to these places? I don't know. I'm kind of like part caveman. I'm just like, hey, what's <laughs> Just go barreling in like, hey, I want to see something. Like I do now. Like I'll bring some crystal stuff. And like along this last year, I was given some trinkets along the way from different shamans or priests or voodoo practitioners. And I kind of keep it all. I don't rule anything out. You also had somewhat of an attack at the Twin City Opera House. Yeah, that was weird. You were basically on your back for most of that yeah. episode. It was super weird. It was the weird. Like I've never... It was East Coast. I'd come from LA. So obviously the time difference, my friend was like, oh, you jet lagged. I'm like, yeah, but if it's one o'clock in the morning in Ohio, it's like 11 in in LA. It's like I I go to bed at like two in the morning. Like I shouldn't just all of a sudden go, I cannot keep my eyes open. I'm going to go to sleep right here on the study floor. (laughs) And I just was sat there and it it felt like someone just like turned the light switch off. I was like, out. How long were you out for? Probably like 45 minutes. Wow. Like I just couldn't get up and like that came around and then they were like giving me coffee and Red Bull and like trying to like snap me out of it. But it, it felt like I'd been given so, like- So uh, what's your theory? What do you think happened? People say, oh, you got drained. You got this, you got that. Because that is a common, the investigators that work at, you know, that do a lot of investigating in that location say like- that that's a common thing. Some people just get the life sucked out of them. Specific to that location? Yeah. Oh, yeah it's wow. a really, they said it's a really common thing that happens, which huh. is kind of interesting. It was my first time having anything like that. Is there a circle on the floor there for the drain spot? So <laughs> know. Avoid it. Avoid the drain. <laughs> yeah, that circle is now the outline of right. my body. <laughs> for the skeptics out there who would be like, well, these shows usually take place at night. You turn off all the lights. Sure, your mind's going to play tricks on you. You're going to see things. You're going to hear things. I'm sure you kind of went into this with that you know idea right you, sure. you kind of play the skeptic yeah like i go into it thinking my main thing is like no this place isn't haunted like prove it and i don't automatically assume the witness i'm talking to is 100 credible mm-hmm. i don't enter it because how can you properly conduct an investigation if you're like nope i believe everything that that dude just told me because like well then why are we even here i think over this last year i've kind of really honed down like what i think hauntings are i don't know it's like i know it's cut a bit of a a weird thing especially having you know now working in the paranormal space i think we as people when we don't understand things we oversimplify it two thousand years ago we thought the sun was a god and the moon was a goddess like Mm -hmm. you know we thought that we were the center of the universe and 
thunderstorms happened because Zeus was angry. We didn't understand the science behind it. And I think there is a great level of essentially like quantum physics as it goes into what spirits are. Speaking of the physics behind it, talk about some of those really cool tools you guys use. Yeah. The Geoport seems to be the star of the show. So I was, it's amazing. And I was the most skeptical person ever. I'm like, Katrina, that's just like a box with some kind of app attached to it. Like, no, that's not real. But that thing has freaked, just freaked me out. Then what did it for me was we had this geoport and we were at the LaLaurie mansion. Some weird shit was going on. We we're in the kitchen and we said, how many people are in the room right now? And there was nine of us and it went nine. What? <laughs> like, no. if, I, if I hold Siri on my phone right now, how many people are in the room right now? Siri's going to go, I don't know the question. <laughs> so um, it was like the, we- I, I was like, okay, like that's not. I can't explain how this yeah. thing did that. Well, it's not counting itself then. No, it's not. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so what exactly is it to those who don't know or haven't seen it? Okay, so this scientist, I think he's like a legit like physicist, like inventor guy, theorized that, well, if an EVP is, an intelligent entity is able to imprint its kind of fingerprint onto a digital recording, then it should have some control of electromagnetic frequencies, voice, you know, sound and all that. So it pulls in various AM, FM, satellite, like all different bandwidths of anything broadcasting and kind of throws it all in like a blender. And the thought process is that a spirit can like ping words out of it. Oh, like manipulate all the Exactly. Yeah. And like can shove things to where you can actually understand it. Because it just is like weird gobbledygook. And then all of a sudden, like, words will come out of it yeah were they specific frequencies or was it just i don't know all the freak yes but there are specific frequencies that it will pull from like i said like am fm tv frequencies like all different megahertz yeah it's a whole thing to that point like i'm like but i don't get it like why does that work i guess when you talk to i think his name is george brown who invented it yeah i think he's a little bit more eloquent with explaining it because i was the biggest naysayer ever of a geoport so my hope is that he developed it with a Ouija board and someone helping him from the other right. side. Right. So that makes sense. Right. That you're gonna, he, you need the help from the other side because he like, can't see it. He's like a little Ouija board coaster and he's right. like, okay, so how do I do this? Yeah. <laughs> so A goes into which frequency? Oh, God. Oh, great. Do you have a favorite device that you use that you go to that you're drawn to? I had the most success with just my voice recorder, my little EVP recorder thing. Like I, it was, yeah, that's what I really kind of geeked out on the most. I mean, I always have like a Melmeter, but I mean, a cell phone can affect that. What are some interesting things from the voice recorder? I would get a lot of tapping and the thing with the tapping was that it would appear that this tapping was intelligent and it was like yes or no type stuff. When we were at the Hill House, Emerald Hill House. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And like, watching your reaction and getting those answers. Yeah. Like I've never seen that before. No, and I, I, that's, I've always been like, EVP is a joke. Like, that's always kind of been my thing because I know, here's the thing, when you now having done three paranormal shows, you kind of know some of the flubbing that <laughs> And like, I'm going to be on, like, dude, I produce TV shows. Like, I've worked in now paranormal tv shows like i know the ways to make stuff seem a little bit scarier than it is once again i'm a bit of a cynic when it comes to some of the methods of investigation i would just do the evp when things weren't going on like this is boring like i want to go home let's at least try and get something 
like bust out the EVP. <laughs> Maybe we can go home early tonight if we get some good. Have there been any cases where nothing was recorded, but then you go home the process or listen later at a future date and then there's something there? In a lot of the footage that we caught weird stuff, it was in post that we were like kind of just scrolling through the footage and we're like, holy crap, what was that? And that is the stuff that really, uh, yeah, that was mainly where we got it. Because the EVPs, we don't leave them rolling that long. You know, we're kind of there and we often check it as we're doing it. But yeah, that was a lot of the stuff that we that kind of freaked us out you get an editor comes running and being like dude you got to see this that was kind of always exciting out of all your ghost hunting experiences is there one that like stands out as the freakiest to you personally i was really freaked out at the alaskan hotel in juno that place just i don't know that place is just on a different level and even katrina she's like yeah that's got to be one of the scariest places i've had to invest because we we don't normally stay where we're going to you know, investigate. Katrina did that with Paranormal Lockdown. And so we're kind of we're like, yeah, like that. That's not going to be our thing. Two investigations this season, we ended up staying. There was a horrible feeling. Every member of our crew had crazy stuff happen. Our camera guy kept waking up with a woman talking to him. Oh. And like he said, it was really weird. It would sound like it was like right in his ear, but it was like a woman mumbling. And he kept just all night long. I just for some reason couldn't turn the lights off to go to sleep. I was so freaked out. Like every night, I just had every light. It was like brighter than this room. I mean, it's weird. I mean, I, I don't. The place hadn't necessarily had anything horrible happen other than the odd death or murder, that kind of thing. But with a building that's 100 years old and there was a brothel hotel, like, you know, right? I mean, that's kind of you figure that would have happened. But then when when the manager, Joshua, is like, yeah, and there's occult rituals that have happened in the basement. We're like, oh! <laughs> yeah. Wasn't he the guy who kept, like, a diary written in Latin yes. so no one would find it? Or By far one of the most interesting people I have we met on the show. He only would write Latin in his diary. He taught himself fluent Latin. The reason why he would only write in Latin is because in case anyone got a hold of it, they most likely wouldn't be able to read what he was writing about. And it was like an onion. It just had, he would tell you one thing and be like, well, yeah, then this happened. And then he'd be like, oh, and then I was a part of a coven. Oh, and then there was satanic rituals. Oh, and then there was diabolical things. That, and you're just like, what the f- Dude, <laughs> <laughs> did you know this guy was there we, before you went? Or? Well, we, you know, our producers had reached out to him as like kind of our witness. And we're like, all right, cool. And, but like, we had no idea in like the initial conversations with this guy that he was going to be as interesting. Wow. <laughs> that all unfolded on camera? Yeah. Wow. It was just like, and I, at one point I pulled our showrunner aside. I'm like, Elaine, you have to tell me if this guy has been like, if, you, <laughs> right, if this yeah. guy's a fucking actor, like yeah, you have to plan. tell me. Like, is this, a th- and she's like, I swear to you, we had no idea. She's like, are you, are you mad? And I'm like, no, but this is the most intense witness I've ever met. Wow. It's TV That's gold. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Paranormal TV yeah. gold. Was he, was he born and raised there? Yeah, born and raised in Juneau. Wow. And his, and he even said, he goes, you know, when I die, I'll stay in this hotel too. Wow. He literally wow. said that. I was like, Jesus bro, like, woo. I really want you guys to go to the Cecil Hotel for like selfish reasons, because I hear it's- Where's the Cecil so- Hotel? Downtown. Downtown. Oh, okay. It's the Alyssa Lamb story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the oh, the where she tank. ended up in the water yes. tank. Yeah. Yes. I think a, a paranormal show did do an investigation on it, I think, because I remember seeing I something. BuzzFeed. I think the BuzzFeed one. They do the BuzzFeed investigators. Yeah. I know they did. I watched that. Oh, I was you like, did? I wanted to see. <laughs> I wanted to see. It's such did a it pay crazy out? story. Was it satisfactory? It wasn't as satisfactory. So I think Portals to Hell. Yes. It actually would saying. be a really good one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you guys ever heard about the old LAPD jail called the Gloss House? Yeah, I've heard of it. There was no. a jail right behind City Hall. It's abandoned now. They're actually going to tear it down. 
down. But I was talking to a couple LAPD guys recently and they were like, dude, you have to go do the glass house. This one guy, when he, he'd been on LAPD for years, but he was like, when I started, I used to go work the jail down there. He said that it's called the glass house because all the cells were made of like plastic glass. Like it, there was no bars. He said that he would see people in cells that weren't there. Prisoners would wake up in the night screaming, being like, there's a man in here with me. And there were single person cells. Just crazy. He's like, honestly, he's like the most terrifying place. You visited the Eastern State Pen yeah. in Philadelphia, and yes. one of the producers, it was a sound guy who basically tried to leave no, in the was, middle of the- No, that was Austin. Yeah, Austin, one of our producers. He freaked out. And Austin is like a retired UFC fighter. Like, oh, he what? is like, yeah, he was like an no. MMA guy for years, and like, he was a pro surfer, MMA guy, and you know, he's a pretty sturdy dude. He was like, get me out of this place, this bullshit, he just lost his mind. He was like, I'm not doing this. He's like, don't leave me alone anywhere. He fully freaked out. What happened? What triggered it? What happened? So we were walking down one of the, the hallways to go. We were going to go investigate the um, death row wing. So you had to kind of go down. They call them spokes because the way that um, the penitentiary was designed, it was like, imagine a wheel that just has a bunch of spokes coming off of it. And we had to leave the end of this hole and then go outside to get to the death row wing. And right towards the end, he was like, oh, I'll just get like a cool shot of them walking down the hall and I'll film them through the little window port of this cell door. And so he ducked into one of these cells and he was looking through the viewfinder on the camera and he said he literally felt, not only felt, but heard someone come right up to his ear and go, hey, he just let out a scream and wow. just bolted out of there. Oh, Maybe shit. they're trying to suggest a better shot. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. hey, hey, to the left, open the iris a little more. Right. <laughs> Can you do is wreck that zoom? <laughs> now, is that the location where they actually do Halloween haunts? Yes, here? yeah. That's interesting. That place is weird, man. I mean, I had some crazy... I've never seen like a full body apparition, but like I saw a shadow walk out of one cell and go into another. I was in the death row area and a big hanging light started swinging right above my head. What will be too much for you? All that stuff would be too much for me. <laughs> you keep on going. You know? I'm just wondering like, what, what you need to see. After, <laughs> don't need to see. <laughs> after the second episode, I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Really? I, oh, I got wow. really freaked out. And then you just kind of, kind of almost get numb to it. You're mm. just like, all right, well, I guess, we, I guess this, is, this is what I'm doing. Another now. walk and shatter. <laughs> uh, here he is. But yeah, it's it is a it is a weird. Um, I'm a skeptic, and so it's a weird thing to find myself in. There are moments where I'm like, this is just berserk. Like I don't get this. I don't understand like the the reality that we are in right now because it just it doesn't make sense why this thing is happening. And I appreciate that. So yeah. thank you for doing that because I know I you know, I I'd rather watch you do it. <laughs> So thank you. That's a good point. <laughs> well, Rachel, we're all going ghost hunting after. <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell you, but uh, Jack has a surprise. <laughs> get, get in the Scooby van. <laughs> but you've literally had like bishops sit across from yeah. you and say, you know what, guys? Don't do this. The skeptic in me is like, well, of course a bishop is going to do that. He believes in like zombie Jesus. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry. Like I, for a bishop to be like, nope, there's demons. I'm like, well, of course you believe that. But if it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, that place has a demon, I'd be like, huh. <laughs> I might believe that dude over the bishop. <laughs> but That's a good I, idea. He should be on the show. He should, right? Well, actually, I, I wanted to do a show where we take 
legit scientists to places that are legitimately haunted yeah. or theoretically haunted and try and figure out like what is a haunting like how do you quantify how do you apply the scientific method to paranormal investigation because what it is that we're doing is fringe science at best but i thought okay you get like an astrophysicist a particle physicist you get all these like big yeah. brains with phds and you go okay figure out why people are getting freaked out at this abandoned lunatic asylum and every like your travel was like yeah you know if they've realized that ghosts aren't real we're gonna have a problem <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fair enough. Okay. I'll just save that one for later. <laughs> That's a one-off. Yeah, it's That's a total one-off, and we'll do it on, like, you know, Nat Geo. <laughs> Is there anywhere that you're too scared to go? For me, it's not about scared. I think it's about, like, respect. I don't know if I would do a ghost hunt on, like, a battlefield or anything like that, or, like, go to a, you know, a concentration camp or anything like that. I think just out of respect, I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. But other than that, anything's game. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we've done lunatic asylums, exactly, prisons, right? Right. the like, LaLaurie Mansion. And you were the first ones to go to the LaLaurie yeah. Mansion. I mean, I know Katrina's been trying to go for like 10 years. Yeah. What makes it so hard to go in and get so clearance? So the, the owner is a very private man, and he's just like, no, nah, I don't want And it was owned by, you know, the every owner that's had it since these kind of paranormal shows have been a thing. I've been really kind of private people and they've just not wanted it. And I happened to meet the owner a few years back and we became friends and I just, I rang in a favor. I was like, bro, can I do it? And he's like, okay, fine. Would you go witness an exorcism? I've actually had friends who've gone and witnessed exorcisms from like a clinical psychology kind of yeah. standpoint. I would go check it out because like I said, I don't necessarily think that hauntings are always and that kind of thing are wholeheartedly what we think they are i think there's different things that we just don't really understand going on they just scare me when like little kids Speak spout well. out german yeah. that have never heard a lick of german and they're like yeah i just don't understand how that's possible there are some definite weird things that i've seen and read about and whatever and i'm just like i don't know i like yeah. to lean towards like hey maybe that kid had a german nanny when he was 18 months old and retained some german somehow i don't know it's a weird phenomenon to kind of hear about what huh. do you think you think exorcisms are real i do yeah. i just i feel like i want to believe in the scary i guess yeah some things just can't be explained like i won't watch that demon house movie because <laughs> there's like a warning that if you watch it you could be possessed and we practically turned off the episode where he was at the honky tonk bar <laughs> <laughs> because we were like oh shit like you know at one point you're talking about there was someone in that hole in the yeah. basement yeah. with a Ouija board smearing his blood all over the Ouija board trying to conjure stuff up and you're saying you got attachment and we're like shit we should turn this off man I don't know we're gonna bring someone home watching this shit <laughs> <laughs> let's burn some sage right. dark. put on a Disney movie yeah, exactly yeah. I think we did but kudos to you guys man for doing it because yeah. it's fascinating Cleansing to your TV via Disney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Bless the mermaid. pool. Chuck it in there. Yeah. Have you thought about going to like the Warrens Occult Museum? Yeah, I would love to. And Katrina was really good friends with the Warrens. And she'd worked with... Lorraine. Lorraine, sorry. Yeah, she was relatively close with her. She's been a bunch. And I would love to go. I don't know who's now controlling the estate or the museum at this point. I think it's their uh, son-in-law. Okay. Tony Sparrow. He runs the like the Northeastern Paranormal yes. Society. Something yeah. Like that, yeah. I would totally be up for that. Haunted objects, though, they kind of freak me out. 
Yeah, like there's a the whole room full of them. Yeah, and like the whole like Post Malone thing, like touching. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big box story. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's some weird shit right there. For me, anyway, I heard like all this weird stuff's happening to Post Malone, and then you'd see the list of things like that's, and then you find out like right before yeah. he put his hand in the Dybbuk box. Yeah, that's crazy. It's weird. And like for me, I, like I want to go. All right, is that just coincidence, or is there something? But then, how does that work? How does a spirit go, hey, Post Malone, I'm going to try and bring that airplane you're in out of the sky. Like, Well, yeah, or did he bring it on, or is it psychological? Yeah. Did he just start thinking all these negative things because he's like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. And then that regret turns into some sort of manifestation. Yeah. What is the difference between a portal to hell and a haunting? As we've kind of defined it, is a portal is essentially some kind of gateway that is allowing numerous entities to come and go from said location where they're going where they're coming from we don't know but it's a place that has a a high volume but it's almost like an inconsistent volume of activity that's the best way it's a gateway what can people look forward to for the rest of the season starting this weekend i believe is the episode where you go to the trans allegheny lunatic asylum yeah trans allegheny that place is a thing of legend I mean, like thousands of people died in that place and thousands of people had lobotomies. And we ended up like actually disclosing a lot of information on a murder that happened there in the, I think the late 80s. Like a really wow. horrific murder. And these like criminally insane dudes just did some horrible things to this guy. He was mentally disabled and it was just really crazy. And we had a pretty interesting experience in the room that this you know, murder had happened in. It's a wild one. And the interesting thing, prime example of like stuff that's not you kind of saying like, what if something doesn't really happen? We spent four days in this place and the bulk of the episode really is what we captured in like a two, three hour window, just mainly in this one room. So, I mean, that kind of happens sometimes. What can you tell us about the people who are helping you along on this journey? There's two people in particular that I've seen come up a couple times. It'd be Cindy Keza and then Michelle Belanger and they have very unique abilities. Totally. Cindy is an old friend of mine and a couple years back we just I met her through friends and we'd work together on some projects. Cindy's great. She's like a rock and roll uh, medium. She's got a great vibe about her. And Michelle was a good friend of Katrina's and has a really, you know, extensive history doing paranormal investigations and she was on Paranormal State and Actually, randomly, I was listening to Coast to Coast the other night, and she was on it. And I was like, oh, I know. That's cool. (laughs) She calls herself the psychic bloodhound, and she will do a lot of investigations blindfolded. That, I mean, both her and Cindy have amazing abilities. And Michelle, when we were at Trans-Allegheny, she did a walkthrough with us blindfolded. Having never been there, didn't know that she was going to Trans-Allegheny, she told us the color of the room that we were standing in at one point what the wall paint looked like and she was blindfolded and even if she could see through the blindfold which i know for sure she couldn't there was no light on so she couldn't have even seen the color of the wall i'm like okay this is like some weird matrix (laughs) (laughs) you know she's seeing everything in like the green like ones and zeros (laughs) yeah yeah how does your skeptic brain deal with all that stuff specifically with the two of them because they're so clearly like in that i don't know like a part of me goes are they really good at just playing the guessing game but like <laughs> or is is this some genuine ability and i kind of lean towards no this is some i can't play basketball like kobe can't will never happen not in a million years 
Never like, give up on your dream, Jack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> NBA, here I come. <laughs> but yeah, I get but it. he's that guy is a gifted athlete, and he has an amazing ability to do what he does. What's to say that there can't be? You can't have gifts in, like I said, an area that we still don't understand. Right. And be incredibly gifted at it. There's some juju out there, man, and I don't understand it, and I don't know why it happens the way it does, but I've seen and felt and heard and, you know, experienced crazy, crazy things that I don't know what what to call it, so I just choose to say, oh, it's a ghost. Right. And then Cindy, the way she, what's that called when she just blindly uh, starts writing? Uh, well, automatic writing. Automatic writing, yes. Writing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. I'm uh, curious if either one of them can remote view. I know Cindy has done training in remote viewing. I don't know how successful, I don't know if it's a discipline that she does a lot of, but I know that she has done, because I was asking that, I was like, have you ever done like investigations, like murder investigation stuff to like see where the body is. And she's like, I've helped out on some things. She's like, my remote viewing isn't, she's definitely not an MK Ultra candidate. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any places out there that you're chomping at the bit to get into? Man, let's see. I can tell you one. What's that? Internationally, Isla de las Muñecas. What's that? Island of the Dolls in Mexico. Oh. Oh. That place is creepy as hell. Is that the island in the middle of the lake? Yes. I can't remember the full story, but it's like the man that lost his daughter or something and started collecting dolls. And there's nothing on that island but just dolls everywhere. They're all nailed to the trees and everything. What? Weather-worn. Really? Yeah, it's really creepy looking. Ooh, that's gross. That's but I don't know what the what the paranormal is. It just a weird paranormal. I don't know. I don't know if it's haunted by yeah. a certain someone or his daughter. I'm not sure what the story is. But I want to go to that island that's off of Venice, Italy. It used to be a hospital and a prison and whatever, and you're not allowed on it. And it's this crazy, just abandoned island that's off of Venice, you know? Wow. I was reading about that place. Yeah, and I actually I had a friend that. of mine, he was in the military for 20 years. He actually, he just spent three years in Syria. Like, he's in that kind of oh, wow. military world, like crazy secret squirrel stuff. And I thought he was going to totally just bust my balls about doing, like, a ghost hunting show. And he's like, no, dude, I've seen shit. He's like, ghosts are real. I'm like, really? Like combat hardened soldier who's probably killed more people than cancer. You think ghosts are real? And he's like, a hundred percent. He's like, dude, there's places that I've been to and that I've seen. He's like, a hundred percent believes in it. And you would think a guy like that would be like, no, he went to that island and he said, that's what made him believe. And then afterwards he started kind of having interesting experiences while he was on deployment. Oh, wow. Would he be the witness for that episode? He probably couldn't because Uh, of his uh, employment status. He was telling me about like, because I asked him, I was like, you know, current combat, like war zones, have you experienced hauntings there? And he was like, yeah. He told me that they went into this ISIS compound that was like a prison execution thing that you know isis was just like chopping people up and he said that they had taken it because they were going to set up a base there and they um chose not to sleep they wouldn't sleep in the building they were like no one would go in there thousands of people had been executed there in like the most horrific ways when they walked in there he said they found a severed head just sat on a table yeah and like he was like no one was messing with that place do you like to go to like (laughs) universal horror night I went to Universal like Horror Night in Florida just recently. Kind of disappointed. Oh, really? Was not as good as as uh, here in LA. I'm oh, surprised wow. to hear that. Yeah, I was actually kind of like, really? This is the best they got, Florida? Like, you guys are supposed to have like everything bigger and better here when it comes to theme parks. Not with Fright Night. 
Wow. Uh-huh. Have no. you ever done Reign of Terror here? No, but it sounds awesome. It is so fun. <laughs> I want to say it's like 15,000 square feet. At least, I think, yeah, 27,000 square feet, yeah. It's crazy. It's so fun, and they're constantly changing it. It's in Thousand Oaks above a Gold's Gym. Okay. Random spot for a haunted house, but right. it's amazing. Yeah. You get your pump on afterwards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or before. Oh, we love that one. Yeah, have you guys heard of the one you have to do the application to and that like no one's ever completed? They oh. say it's like the scariest. By KB Manor. Is it the one that was in San Diego for a while? Yeah, I think so. And they, you can only, like only 50 people a night can do it, but no one's ever completed it because it's so scary. Sounds yeah. like McCabe like, Manor. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely batshit crazy. Like what do they, how bad could it be if you know that it's just a fright? night thing or are they like well it's not really a fright night no it's like torture Torture. like you sign over your will and they can like inject stuff into you they waterboard you but what do they inject you with like lsd that's up for debate apparently (laughs) the guy who runs it is former military and he uses hypnosis on the people who go in there he says he uses hypnosis and then you get to choose how your narcotic is administered either by syringe or orally there's a number of things you have to do before you go in there he's Still, he got moved out. I think he's in Tennessee now. And you can still watch on his Facebook page. Yeah. You know, he takes people in weekly and no one makes it out very far at all. And when they do, they're in really, really rough shape. At that point, is it, how is that even fun? You're just like... Hey, listen, if I have someone sign over a thing, like, dude, I'll torture the shit out of you if you want me to, I guess. But, like, that's not fun. And that's not, like, a haunt to me. No. I don't know why it's classified as that. It's like that weird dude in Germany that wanted to eat someone and found the guy on the internet. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, basically that. What's next for this show? Are you doing another season, or where are you in the middle of yeah, it? Yeah, the numbers are good, and our fans seem to like the show. We're just waiting. We're just kind of starting talks about season two. That's great. Fingers crossed we uh, we get the, the green light. Very cool. Yeah. I'm gainfully employed. As you work in TV and you have all these great stories, are you ever thinking about making possibly like a ghost story film? Or we, you know, what's funny? We're considering doing a horror movie. Okay. Yeah, we're, yes. we're, looking, we're looking for like a like a relatively low budget script to option, and because we've got such an amazing team that work on this show that are all huge fans of the genre. Our actual original cuts of the episode are so much spookier and creepier, and the network actually had us tone them down because they thought it was so far out from what people are used to seeing when it comes to paranormal shows that they were like, ah, you're going to really either freak people out too much. They're really creepy. And they're going to actually let us going into season two take the gloves off a little bit more. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine we're taking the gloves I, I off. Of we barely can watch. <laughs> like, but it's not, it's just like how like our transitional shots that we do and the music that we were using was just really. Yeah, and I really appreciate that because in watching, it doesn't feel like your average paranormal show. No. It, it is way more, I shouldn't say way more engaging, but it is engaging on that level yeah. of story rather than just, you know, like you were saying before, you know, faked. Yeah. You know. By the way, not all the paranormal shows are faked, sure, yeah. but there is a, a level of like, I think monotony that people get used to with the paranormal show that we were like, "Eh, let's break out of that mold. There's definitely a formula. Yeah. And you guys are are more story driven than event driven. Yeah. I appreciate that. And have you guys investigated in Pasadena this place called the Portal of Hell? No. So there's a place along the Royal Seca River which uh, it's a location where Aleister Crowley, Jack Parsons, who founded JPL, you know, and L. Ron Hubbard used to get together for satanic rituals, occult rituals. Alistair Crowley used to hang out here. I thought he lived in Scotland. Uh, yeah. Wow. He was out here. And uh, yeah, it was a weird, it's a weird location. You can find it. You can find it easily online. And there's some just weird 
things about that place. Yeah. There's like swings on trees that are way too high. Bizarre things that, you know, that shouldn't be there. And, you know, I'm going to look that up. Symbols, rock formations. But yeah, people go there and feel yeah. odd things. A lot of people disappear around there too. Yes, actually, there were a couple murders. A couple kids disappeared around that time. This is back in the, you know, 50s, whatever it is. A couple kids disappeared and, you know, they tied into uh, some of these people that were hanging out there. Murders, disappearances and all that. But yeah, it's something, they call it the, the portal to hell actually. Wow. It's along the Royal Secker River in between like the Rose Bowl and JPL. I'm gonna go check that out. That sounds fun. Maybe season, <laughs> season premiere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starting at home. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we actually, I used to live around the corner from that house in Los Feliz. Do you ever go, do you ever see the murder house? house? The murder house. Oh, yeah. Yes. I lived like, just probably two blocks from it. And I used to walk my dog past there all the time. Super creepy. So yeah. did you actually see the the Christmas yeah. stuff? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It was still there when I lived in the neighborhood. Okay. For our listeners that have not heard about this, can you, yeah, so the murder house was, was it the father that killed his whole, f- was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the father basically killed his entire family, it was either on Christmas Day or very close to Christmas. There was no other family members left, and the house just got abandoned. When I say abandoned, like, they just locked the door. And the Christmas tree was still there, the gifts were under the tree, like, everything was like time capsule and you could walk past and see this old just brown crumbling christmas tree with like the wreath on it and it was just super creepy and you'd look through the door your window big big massive window and you could see it all and it was just strange and actually they recently have sold the house because we wanted to go do it last year and they're like no it's been sold and the owners are tearing it down boo <laughs> <laughs> jack thank you so much hank. for being here thank you for uh, portals me. to hell yeah. friday 10 9 central on yeah. travel channel hey. check it out scary as shit <laughs> there's something that feels forceful here first it will see you and it will get closer you should know that is here. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 49. Special thanks to our awesome guest, Jack Osborne. Follow him at Jack Osborne on Instagram and Twitter and watch the Travel Channel's Portals to Hell, Friday, 10, 9 Central. And if you're listening to this at time of release, don't miss this weekend's investigation of the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. This is the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side. Cue spooky music from Austone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tahada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Bye.